universally negative. That was what the critics thought when this film came out, and I can't disagree. I'm watching this, or I watch this, whenever I do watch it, and I've watched it more than several times, through my fingers, because I am a real carry-on fan, as you'll know if you've heard some of the other podcasts, and this is the last carry-on film proper, before carry-on Columbus, which I can't really bring myself to watch, I don't think, maybe I'll try for this podcast series, never been able to do it. Anyway, this is 1978's Carry On Emmanuel, and it's a turkey, a real turkey, and such a shame. There are several reasons why. Chief among them, I believe, is this. Carry On is an old phenomenon. When I say old, I mean old style and old time in response to the morality that's so important to their comedy. In carry-on films, everyone's talking about it, but no one's getting any. The words slap and tickle could have been invented for these movies. Okay, slap and tickle, yeah, but nothing more than that. And when they chase that permissiveness in modern society, as they do with carry-on loving, in some respects, Carry On Girls, which has got the sort of old style, can't believe women are in bathing costumes, with the new sort of, is is the kind of, you know, yes boys, those eyes are green. That sort of thing, when they get those two clashes, it doesn't work either. Similarly with Carry On At Your Convenience, which, as I've said in the last week, I do believe could have been a better film if they'd had the balls to do it, but the modern industrial um, issues movie is not one on which they feel uh, it's not ground on which that which they feel be- beneath their feet they feel that crumbling away and consequently they decide that the second half of the movie should be a works outing so that they can let people do their party pieces so back to carry on Emmanuel 1978 a goodly budget 330,000 more or less and it chases the zeitgeist, doesn't it? Because by this time, you've had, I think it's three Emmanuel films, isn't it? You know, these are soft porn movies, really. First one's in 74, then you get one in 75. And famously, when Carry On Dick, which is, you know, a little earlier, it's 70, 75, isn't it, I think? When they were um, in the scene where... Barbara Windsor had to disrobe, she insisted that it should be a closed set, is my understanding, and people in the crew said, yeah, that's fine, but on the next set, or on the next lot, you've got Sylvia Crystal with Emmanuel, everything's out, and everyone's watching. That's the difference, isn't it? That's the difference when you chase that permissive society, and they do this a little bit and carry on behind. You've also got the Confessions films coming on here now, so... And in those, Timmy Lee, let's not forget, never gets a bit. He never has sex. It's all a bit, you know, you see more, but it's he's never particularly lascivious. He's very naive and he's probably a virgin. He doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't have sex. He has a bit of a grope and a consensual grope. 
and then things happen, like a washing machine blows up, or, I don't know, Bob Todd comes round, something like that. So, but those movies were pushing things, they were pushing what was acceptable to see. This is the first, well, there's two um, carry-on movies that have a double A rating. So, you know, this is more of a kind of... uh, it's more of a, of a saying what's acceptable. Um, it's the it's the 30th carry-on film. It's extraordinary that, you know, that that should happen. Extraordinary that they should be, that they should have kept going for that long. But there are a lot of other issues here. Another issue is that you've got the cast you might expect. So Kenneth Williams is in there. You have um, Peter Butterworth in there. You've got Joan Sims. Kenneth Connor is in there. Um, you have Jack Douglas, who was quite a mainstay later on of Carry On. And the problem with this is that they're getting older. They're not so live. And when you've got a really obvious script that calls on you to pull faces. You really need a kind of lightness of touch to pull that off. And as you get a bit older, I certainly in this movie, I feel, you, they don't get away with it. I think at best it would be getting away with it, but I think here that doesn't happen. We'll know who what the plot is. Um, you've got Suzanne Danielle, who, you know, is a conventionally good-looking woman who knows what she's doing with this, knows exactly what her role is, which is to titillate and tease, uh, and to be a free spirit, which she does very well. It's a limited um, ask, and she does it okay. She's Emmanuel Prevert. (laughs) She fiddles around with a guy on uh, Concord, who is a timid living at home bloke called Larry, called um, Theodore Valentine, played by Larry Dan, who, this is another issue we have. He's got a main role in this now, so you're bringing up people here that we don't really recognise. He did bits and bobs, you know, he's in Carry On Behind, um, but he's not a mainstay here. And if you wanted a kind of Timmy Lee, naive confessions type person. He needs to be a bit Jack the Lad as well. And we need to kind of think it's fun to be with. Theodore Valentine, the way he's played by Larry Dan, isn't. He lives with his mum and he's a sob. Anyway, she's married to the French ambassador, Emile, played by Kenneth Williams. More of this later. And the whole thing, the whole plot, is about her being a free spirit and being naked most of the time. The moment she arrives there, she uh, she removes her coat and she's left her dress on the aircraft. So, you know, she's walking up the stairs naked from the back, really. You know, all of that. So, everybody in the house wants a bit. The chauffeur, Leyland, haha, <laughs> 1977, Leyland, chauffeur, cars, get it? It's more to get in with the zeitgeist, not good at all. Played by Kenneth Connor, Mrs. Dangle, Joan Sims, who is involved in the best scene, actually, in this film. More of that in a minute. 
and a sort of aging boot boy, you know, a, a sort of guy who who does your boots and all that kind of stuff, not some kind of rocker or Ted, Teddy boy, Peter Butterworth, feel that there's going to be some kind of sexual revolution in this house. Only there isn't. Because the issue is that um, Emil cannot satisfy his wife. Why? They were parachuting naked, and you do see them doing so, obviously with a screen behind them, and he um, came into contact with, or certain parts of his body came into contact with the top of a church spire. So she's frustrated, and has it off with a lot of people. It's similar, that's it, basically. That's all it is. You know, eventually she settles down with Emil because she finds she's pregnant. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's, um, it's sort of lots of little sketches. For instance, you know, she goes to see, and it's a culture, culture clash movie as well. She goes to see, um, the guards who, with the busby and all that, they're not supposed to react, you know, so of course she wants to try and make him react, so she goes naked in front of him and all of that, you know, you've got all that stuff, you know. Um, this is another issue. It is a selection of uh, of sketches, you know, her sexual encounters with a chat show host played by Henry McGee. There was a time when someone like Henry McGee wouldn't get in a carry-on film. But this is different, you know. He's on TV regularly. It's very important that he's there, you know. Um, yeah, and uh, things like that. And there is a, actually a wonderful scene, which is the best scene, which is uh, Victor Madden, who didn't look well, actually, during the filming of this. I'm not quite sure when he passed, but he's he, very thin. And uh, Joan Sims in a laundrette. And they have a mutual attraction to each other and start... Um, in slow motion taking out their different items of clothing and being sexual with them and because those two people can do that it really works really does you know it... one of the other main issues here is that you expect a certain thing with these characters and you get what you expect with Butterworth and with Kenneth Connor. And with Joan Sims, really, you know, Jack Douglas is a different matter because he plays Lyons, the butler, who, she, who, who Emmanuel, you know, can, uh, the Emmanuel character insists on calling loins, but she, he plays him with an absolute um, singularity of purpose. He's not going to be involved in any shenanigans, and he is very focused in running the house. And actually good on him because I get a bit worried by Jack Douglas with the Fred Appetitimus get off and all that stuff yes I'll just say it again Fred Appetitimus there you go Alan I said it twice but actually he's not great in Carry On England but then nobody is but he does some really good work in Carry On Behind it's really good he, he, he does really good work as the foolish sidekick jock strap in Carry On Dick He's, he's, um, 
it's a lot better than you might expect really and he's very good here actually playing against type now another issue is that somebody else who plays against type here is Kenneth Williams who famously had to show his arse in the um, in the the film as he famously said in his diaries he's hanging down in pleats dear pleats because there's a scene where he, he is a um, a bodybuilding fanatic and he's doing a sort of a sort of shoulder press with two two dumbbells and his um, pajama bottoms fall down revealing his buttocks to the world and he was going to get I think three grand and they bumped it up to five and he said oh go on then but I don't know why directed by Gerald Thomas of course don't know why he didn't say Teddy can you can you just leave that we don't need very similitude because he's the French ambassador so he's He's given himself a French accent. And the thing is, it's not even very good to get oh, all of that. It's not the Kenneth Williams we expect or want. And that's another issue with this film. So it really isn't, it's such a shame, it really isn't very good. It's mildly titillating. You've got the kind of Theodore Valentine character mooning around with it, not mooning in the same way that Kenneth Williams does, being in love with uh, Emmanuel and um, being repelled at all times. And there's a series of vignettes. So, so you get a kind of culture clash of this sex pot French woman is coming over to England, straight-laced England. Well, that doesn't work. It really doesn't. And, you know, in the middle of all these kind of carry on loving for instance which is right into the zeitgeist with the permissive society the next movie they have is carry on henry which allowed them to move to the past when sex was talked about but was a private thing and it's far more successful so much so that i always in my mind thought it was an earlier movie but this doesn't work because it is right bang up to date bang being the operative word people are having sex in it She's having sex all the time. And it's accepted that we're all going to get a bit of sex now then. Now that should work because it should be, well, you know, we're, we're all talking about it, but no one's having it and we're all desperate for it. But it doesn't work if one person is having it. No one should be having it. It's not like some kind of political party, don't I? There's no fun party. No one should be having it. That's my manifesto. But for a... For a carry-on film to work well, there shouldn't be one person who is having sex regularly. It's as simple as that. You know, it should be that longing and that talking about it but never, get, never getting to do it is what makes the whole thing so funny. It's a private act and that is why we find it funny to talk about it. If we're going to make it public, there is no point to talk in talking about it because you can see it. So a real shame and some real misfires and stuff that could have been cleared up in production. It's only a three out of five, I'm afraid. And although I watch it fairly regularly, it's only just to see if it's still as bad as it was before. And it is. Ta-ta.